Rachel Wood, your host, and I am so excited that you are here. I wanted to take this time to introduce myself, share who I am, why I'm here, and what to expect going forward. So I am a Oregonian. I've lived in Oregon my entire life, and I wouldn't be terribly shocked if I live here for the rest of my life. However, I do have aspirations of moving somewhere else, particularly somewhere warmer. I graduated from Concordia University in Portland, Oregon, and I went there for nursing. I had decided that I wanted to go to nursing school when I was probably 17, and that was my plan A, B, and C. I had no other plan. It was nursing school or bust. And thankfully, didn't bust, got to nursing school, made it through, definitely had some bumps in the road. Um, But I had zero plan for after college. All I knew was that I needed to make money. I needed to support myself. And nursing seemed like a great option. I liked caring for people and helping them. And I did a bunch of uh, jobs while I was in college that signaled that I probably should have heeded the signal that maybe nursing wasn't the best for me. I worked as a caregiver and a nurse's assistant, and I really despised um, both of those jobs, to be perfectly honest. It's hard work. Any CNAs out there listening, I bow down to you a thousand times. That job is so hard. But... Once I graduated from nursing school, then I I landed the dream job. I got into a nurse residency program. And at the time, this wasn't too terribly long after 2008. And so those spots were, you know, hard to come by. I felt so lucky and so blessed. And in the meantime, I had met the man of my dreams and I was engaged to be married. And what ended up happening was something I never, ever could have anticipated. The environment I was working in was so beyond stressful for me and my little 22-year-old, 23-year-old self. I had no coping skills. I'll just say it like that. My life had not actually been that stressful up until that point. I'd had a decent upbringing. My parents loved me. My parents had gone through a divorce, but I was out of the house by that time, and I'd been very fortunate to otherwise have a decent amount of support in my life. Nothing overly traumatic had ever happened to me, and so when I got into this environment where I really needed to learn to be self-sufficient um, and not be so type A, I struggled hard. And my desire to be perfect buried me into the ground. Not only was I afraid of hurting somebody, but I was also so determined to be the absolute best nurse that I could be and to never have anybody be mad at me and to never disappoint anybody. (laughs) It's comical looking back. It's actually pretty hilarious. And so as you can probably guess, things did not go well. I really struggled I wanted to be amazing. I didn't know how to be bad at something. And again, there were signs in my life that I was not good at being bad at things. Like when I started playing tennis when I was 12, 
and basically spent the first three years of learning how to play tennis crying after every practice. Strong indication there that things are not going to go well in the future. So I struggled in my nursing career and I changed departments one time and I still was deeply, deeply struggling. What came out of all of that struggle was uh, an eating disorder or disordered eating, whatever you want to call it. I went through this cycle where I was completely obsessed with trying to be the thinnest person in the room. I was also highly judgmental of other people in their food choices and tried to be somehow morally superior to others because I chose better food than them. It seems so ridiculous, but ask any person that's struggled with disordered eating in the past and they would probably tell you something similar. I also would basically be dying for food every day that I went to work because that's nurse life. You only get to pee when you get a chance. And if you get a 30 minute lunch, that's like a good day. And so I would come home every single night stressed out of my mind from everything that went on during the day, not understanding or knowing how to deal with it energetically, how to process my emotions. I knew none of that. I was so young. And so I really, really struggled for those two years that I was there. It all came to a head um, when I found myself locked in a bathroom, crying on the floor, screaming, all because my husband and his family wanted to go to Mexican food. I couldn't deal with it. The idea of going out to a restaurant that had really high calorie food freaked me out. Obviously to the point that I was crying on my bathroom floor. It was then that I knew that there was something going on that I I didn't know how to deal with. And going back to those day those long days working at the hospital, I would come home and binge. I would just go back to the pantry over and over and over again and not know how to stop. My hunger signals got completely mixed up. They got completely disassociated from my body from my mind. I tried going to therapy. It didn't really help. And I think that's just because I didn't find the right therapist. I read so many things online and eventually, thank God for Instagram, eventually came across this term called intuitive eating. And so I started researching it and come to find out that it's based on a book, a self-help book, um, by these two dietitians. The first edition was written in the 90s, and they've uh, since then republished new editions every couple of years. But that was the first step on my journey to normalcy again. And eventually I figured out that I couldn't, I couldn't be in the hospital. I couldn't be in that environment that I was being so unbelievably stressed out in because I didn't know how to deal with the fight or flight. I remember very distinctly there was one day when I was working in post-op and this patient came in that I I thought I didn't have the skills to be able to take care of and I freaked. I had this major, major panic attack inside of me. So for those that don't know, panic attacks are not always this big wild thing. It was silent. 
I took five steps back from the patient's bed and absolutely froze. I did not know what to do. My mind went blank. My preceptor is looking at me like, what are you doing? Come step in. And I freaked. It was not good. Those experiences led me to a place where I really felt like I needed to leave. I needed to take some time and I needed to figure out what exactly I wanted to do with my life because doing that every day was not okay with me. So I left. I fulfilled my two-year contract and I left. It was nothing that I ever wanted to do. And to be perfectly honest, I didn't even think that it was an option for a really long time. And I'm not even going to go into the level of shame that I felt around it. Um, That took years to process. But after I left the hospital, I took some serious time to really dig deep. And surprisingly, and not surprisingly, that following winter was when I now know to be the first time I had a lupus flare. I haven't shared this with anyone other than my closest friends and immediate family members, but um, I have lupus. And so that winter, I had likely my first flare. I had no idea what it was. I just knew that I was tired. I was really, really, really tired. I went from being able to run half marathons and run 10 miles at a time to basically having the hardest time just getting myself to go out for a one-mile walk. It was brutal. And while trying to repair my mental health, I decided to just do odd jobs. I was not prepared to go back to nursing. I still kept it open as an option, but I was just, I couldn't see how I could step back into that environment in any capacity at the time. So I decided to go and work for a nonprofit and worked more in the community health sector. And I learned a lot when I worked there. It was really interesting. And I will say that given that opportunity, it helped me to really form a better opinion of the ways in which our healthcare system isn't working. There's plenty of ways that it does, but there's also plenty of ways that it doesn't. And when I worked as a nurse, I could really see firsthand all the ways in which it wasn't working because we would see the same patients over and over and over again in the hospitals. And I really decided that I wanted to be someone who helps people prevent or prevents uh, that from happening, helps people to stay healthy rather than to help fix them when they're sick. So eventually I decided, and I had been waiting to do this. I had been dreaming about it for two years at this point, but I decided to go and become a yoga teacher. I traveled to India and I did yoga teacher training for four and a half weeks and it was life-changing. That's all I can really say about it. I made some amazing friends. Shout out to Sarah and Corinne and Carly and Stacy. I made some incredible friends and I really had my mind broadened, opened, My eyes were wide open. I'm so thankful for that experience. I came home right after my grandma passed. 
And then I went and worked a couple of other odd jobs, trying to still kind of figure out what the heck am I going to do? Started teaching yoga here in my hometown. And eventually I figured out, you know what? I am in such a better place with food. All the while, all this is happening, I'm completely transforming my relationship with food and with my body and really, really doing that work so that I don't have to struggle with that thing anymore, with the disordered eating. And when I felt like I was ready, I enrolled in a functional nutrition program. Lasted a year, got certified, now I'm board certified. I love it. It was such an incredible year for me to really dig deep into understanding food as something totally different than what most people think of it as. It's not this thing that keeps you fat or makes you skinny or whatever. Food is so much more than that. And yet it is so unbelievably simple. That's one of the big topics we'll cover in this podcast, which I'm really excited about. But after finishing my nutritionist certification, um, that was really when I dug deep with Realist Health. Started out as me counseling people on nutrition, which I love and is lovely and beautiful. But I really have recognized that I want to speak to all the women who are struggling with their work. They're struggling with their brains. They're struggling with their nutrition, with their relationship with exercise. They're struggling to take good care of themselves. In reality, I'm speaking to myself five years ago. And I know that there are so many women out there that are struggling in the exact same way that I did. And now the clients that I get to help are these women who I have so much in common with. I have so much compassion for, and I see their struggles. I see where they're coming from. I see their minds. And now my goal, my aim is to help them see theirs so that they can actually be the woman that they want to be, so that they can actually cope with what they're doing day in and day out, so that they can actually take care of themselves properly and they don't end up spinning in all of the things that they can't do, the things that they should have done, all the things that they are not good enough to do. I want to help those women. But here on the podcast, this is for everybody. If this resonates with you, heck freaking yeah, and you are that woman, keep listening, girlfriend, because <laughs> I'm here for you. But if this resonates with you on some other level, keep listening. There's going to be so much good information coming out for this podcast. So we're going to talk about things like nutrition. We're going to talk about things like sleep hygiene. We are going to talk about exercise and our relationship with it. We are going to talk about all things mindset, because first and foremost, I am a life coach. I may know a lot about nutrition. I may know a fair bit about medicine and anatomy and exercise because I've been a exercising person my entire life. For those that know me personally, (laughs) you'll know that I've been exercising at the behest of my family for eons. 
But I've also had kind of messed up relationships with exercise at times. And so we'll talk about that a lot. We'll talk about yoga. We will talk about spirituality because that's something that's really important to me. A big part of my transformation has not just been all these actions that I take or changing the way that I think about my physical world. A big part of my transformation has been changing my understanding of my spirituality. And I just want to tell you guys that I'm so thankful for every single person listening to this right now. I'm so incredibly grateful. My story and what I've gone through is not unique. I am proud and happy and overjoyed to say that. My story is not unique. And because of that, that means that so many of you out there listening right now can relate to it. If you have questions, if you have comments, if you have specific things you'd like me to talk about here on the podcast, please send them my way. You can contact me on my website, realisthealth.com, or you can send me a DM through Instagram. My handle is realist underscore Rach. You can also find me on Facebook, Rachel Wood. Again, I am so excited that you guys are here. This has been something I've been dying to do for a while. And I will say this is not going to be like some podcast where it's like super informational all the time. No, no. I want this to feel like an actual conversation between you and I. I want you to feel like I'm sitting here talking with you. Like we're really having an experience together, having that shared experience. I want you to think of me as your personal coach. Have a fantastic day, you guys. I'll talk to you soon, and I will see you in the next episode.